Welcome to the latest episode of Pool Culture Corner, where we discuss ways where we can better involve our teams for better productivity, better profits, and growth. I'm your host for Cool Culture Corner, Ken Bader, and I have an awesome guest. Her name is Helene, don't call her Helen, Kahan. Did I get that last name right? Yes, thank you. All right, yes. Hi, Helene. And she is the founder and principal consultant at Strategic Insights. She's an innovation expert. She's a facilitator and coach. And we're going to talk about design thinking. So, Helene, it is awesome to have you. Yes, I'm so excited and I love design thinking. So I'll have a good talk. So explain it to me. What exactly is design thinking? So um, I'll make the short definition. Uh, So let's start with a little story. uh, How I actually find out about design thinking. So um, over 10 years ago, I went back to school and got an MS in creativity and change leadership. And uh, that was a long distance program. So mostly uh, long distance. Sometimes I had to go to Buffalo States. Uh Um, So I was the only Californian girl, uh, originally from Paris, if you wonder about the accent. So I was the only Californian girl. And so I came back after my first year and I'm like, what is happening in the Bay Area? And somebody mentioned there is a D school at Stanford. And I'm like, okay, what's a D school? And they were just starting. And the D school is focusing on teaching design thinking to graduate uh, students from uh, students from uh, all, all Stanford campus. Mm-hmm. And so I uh, call and say, hey, I'm interested. And they're like, well, you're not a Stanford student, but so I ended up talking to the director at the time and he's like, well, you can't attend the class officially, but you can be an observer. So I went to the D school and took the boot camp and were there for, you know, three times a week for six weeks and learned a lot about design thinking. And I had a conversation with George Campbell, who was the director at the time. And I'm like, uh-huh. what is design thinking? And his definition, which I think it's nice because it's simple and yet is really profound is it's prototype driven, oh. iterative, user-centered. So the three words is user-centered, prototype driven, and iterative. So when you think about this, what does it really mean? Sure. It means that if you believe in, in you know, the, 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 the approach of design thinking, whatever you do when you create change and innovation, which is really what we had to do a lot in the past year, uh-huh. uh, you have to understand your users. And when we talk about users, it's not only the end users, like the person that buy your product or services, but really thinking about all the people that are going to be affected by the innovation, by the change that you created. And it's, you have a lot of that in your book. So you want yeah. to think about the employees, the stakeholders, the uh, partners, and all of that, and really understand them, understanding their pain, their gap, why they're in relationship with you, and how you can make that obviously better. Uh, for them. And uh, what it means to be user-centered is mean that it's not like we'll talk to a few people at the beginning and then forget them. And then a year later, we talk to them, but right. really kind of embed them in the process. So really, when we make decision, we're not judging with our own biases or mindset, but we also have those people that we have worked with and interviewed and observed, and we can really bring their, their life and their meaning because you're trying to if you innovate, if you create something new, you're doing to transform and get a better experience uh, for them. And so really understand that is critical. The second idea is prototype driven. 
So versus everything has to be perfect. This uh -huh. is the opposite of it. Let's try to get things out really early and get, and get feedback really early because we can talk about words and we can, you know, there's a lot of meeting when we just discuss this word versus this word. Is it the right thing? And it doesn't mean much because we all have different understanding of a word. But when we try to create something, whether it's a 3D prototype, whether it's a skit that would kind of model your new service or um, a flowchart, then we start really being into action and we can see what it means. And then we can get feedback much easily from mm -hmm. our users. And then the third part is iterative. So unfortunately uh, in innovation, it's not a linear process. You don't start at A, end up at Z. You will do that eventually, but there is a lot of loops in the process. Yeah. So you try something, you think, oh, we understand the problem well, let's start going that down the line. And then we realize we have this idea and people don't understand it. Then we realize maybe we didn't understand the right problem. So we have to go back to the problem. Or maybe we have the right idea, but then the way we want to implement it, it's not working. So right. instead of having a funnel, you know, traditionally in marketing, we have that funnel approach <laughs> saying, no, it's, it's it'll coming, it's a circle and go back and forth and you make progress along the line. But if you hope that it's going to be a linear process, uh, it, it's not the right approach. So those three words are actually, it seems simple. And sometimes, uh -huh. you know, when I tell people what I do, it's like, it's really simple, but yet it's really profound because to your point about culture, to to, to implement design thinking in organization, it's a change of culture. Uh -huh. For example, if I come to my boss and I say, hey, I'm thinking we can do this. And the boss say, hey, it's never going to work. Um, we don't have the time. Focus on your normal job. That's the end uh -huh. of innovation. But right. if you go to your boss and say this idea and say, hey, okay, what can you do really cheap and really fast to give me a, a feel for whether a user will like it or not? That will really be a different organization and a different culture and a different outcome. Correct. Correct. It's, it sounds like this is, is really needed right now. It, it was needed over the last year. And I think it still really comes into play here in 2021. Um, I think a lot of businesses, whether it was a restaurant never doing takeout before, trying to have to figure out and innovate, well, how can we best do that and allow people to order online and something as, as mundane as that, to a lot of banks and credit unions out there having to shift from people not being able to go into branches and train via video and say, this is how you can bank online to say an 82 year old or, or so forth. So it was needed then. People were kind of forced to be innovative whether they wanted to, to be or not. And I think that you know, as harsh as COVID is, was, however you want to put it, we're now in this mode, I'm, I'm especially seeing this in the banking world, is that, all right, we forced people to use technology, but we, and we want to continue to use that vehicle, but also bring about the, the human effect. Yeah, so it's almost a, 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 an opportunity to use design thinking of how can we still utilize technology, but maybe create a, a human interaction, leveraging that, you know, doing something new rather than just going back 
to the old 2019 way of doing things. Am I on point there or am I completely going off the rails? Oh, you're totally on point. First, I don't think there's any going back because yeah. people have been through an experience over the past year and they are doing things differently and some of it is there to stick. And to your point, if you're not, especially right now when we transition to COVID and we might start to reopening, we're not in touch with our users and we make assumptions based on two years ago, your business is not going to work. You, mm -hmm. There is a new world and even it, whether it's banking, whether it's where do I work or the, how do I order in restaurant, uh, it, it's in, it, it flux and the users might not even know, but they can tell you because uh, they don't know what's, they don't know what they, they don't know the answer. They don't have the idea for you, right? but they have an experience and it's, they can tell you, you know, the past year doing ordering West online was great because, and this is the thing I'm missing. And so you can hear those two elements and say, hey, maybe if I'm a restaurant today, uh, I will still keep the takeout. It's going to be a big part of my business model. And I'm going to create awesome experience when people want to be together. And that's going to be the other part because people really crave for it. And I don't have to say takeout was only temporarily because there is a need for it. And so I can create the best of both world if I'm listening to my users and seeing what they want, uh, what they need, where are uh, things that haven't been working so well, especially in the past year and how we can really leverage that. I think it's a time of use opportunity. If you, if you can listen, I think you can transform your, your business and, and be the, the new business is going better than the old one. Yeah. Uh, and, and take advantage of uh, the tough time that we had, but also the, some changes that happened much faster because yeah. we know organizations tend to be conservative and we had no choice. We had, a, we had no choice. We all had to adapt if we wanted to still be in business um, right now. Exactly. I, I, I love the word you're using in terms of transform because we're, we're still in that. And I think we will be in that for several years. Uh, even, even let's say, you know, the good Lord comes down and strikes COVID from the rest of our lives <laughs> forever and ever. Yeah, there's still economic and other effects that are going to linger, in my opinion, for several years. So you, you need to transform. Yeah, how can you use design thinking as we're coming out of this? For instance, I know that there are some organizations, even a couple of healthcare organizations that I know of, that despite, even if everybody gets vaccinated, they're not going to go back to uh, 100%, even 50% of people back in the office. They've learned that, hey, you know what, we can be pretty productive and pretty efficient with people working from home. I believe that what you lose in that is some of the water cooler, coffee pot, you know, hey, I love what you said at the meeting. What if we did this? So is there a way to use design thinking to bring camaraderie, to bring collaboration back in one way, shape or form uh, in, 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 the, in the culture today? Totally. I mean, the first thing is you will listen to, in this case, your employees. Yeah. And the manager and say what was good about not being in the office was missing. And then you would say, what problem do we want to solve? And maybe we want to be, a, you know, an organization that is efficient yet has a way to connect. So defining the problem is always really critical because once you have the right problem, solving it is not that hard. 
but uh -huh. defining the right problem is, is a thing. So back to your organization, those organizations need to wonder who and think about your framework. I mean, what culture do they want to create in the future? And right. what do they want to be? And, you know, uh, employees like to be home. So there's something to be there. If you want to keep good employees or you can have employees from all over the country. No, you're not stuck to the people where you live or um, you can have more part-time people. I don't know. So really understanding that and then find options and ideas. So if a problem is we want to be very efficient and we want to keep our employees happy and we want to also keep you know, strengthen the connection between employee that maybe didn't happen so much the past year, then you come up with a lot of ideas. And, you know, the one is not going to be perfect, but this is a great opportunity to prototype it. So let's try this idea with this team for two weeks or for months. So not everybody will do that, but for this team, we'll do an hybrid version when they come on Monday and Tuesday and the rest is home. And, you know, once a month, they have a one week in the office. I, I sure. And then we try it doesn't have to be all the employees, everything. You just make it a little experiment. And that's one thing that in corporate America, it's often we feel like we need to have everything right. Uh -huh. And design thinking, we say, no, let's just prototype thing. Let's call him experiment. Let's call him prototype. And let's do it quick and cheap and just see what happens. And so you do this for one team, one week, a month, you get feedback. Huh, this works, but there's other issue or this, and then you try something else with another team, and then you get those, those experiments going, and then you start getting a feel for what might work. I um, mean, COVID was uh -huh. a huge experiment because before that, there was a lot of organizations that say we could not have people working from home. It's impossible, the productivity will go down, it wouldn't happen, and we knew it happened. So that was yeah. a huge prototyping, and now we can take that and create our own experiment for employees and what the, the company want to do with our customers. What do we want to offer that would be very satisfying to them? Um, and uh, that mentality of we can't be perfect. I mean, we learned the past year to live with the unknown. Yeah, uh, we had all those plan, all the strategy, or etc. And we had to change and we had to pivot. So keep if we can, it's, it's hard because a lot of us are not comfortable with ambiguity and not knowing. But I think if we can take that lesson of not knowing and taking that as an opportunity to create something better and to always be experimenting, to always be changing things and not feeling like we have it in the box and no, this is going to do what we do for the next 10 years because our plan for the last 10 years got shut down really quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, as I like to call a Captain Obvious moment right there. Yes. Uh, but I've got plenty of Captain Obvious moments. Uh, but it's, you know, it's interesting. I know, I know this isn't a brand show. This isn't a brand or a strategy show. It's a culture show. But yeah, on the strategy component, the one of the things that that I saw even before COVID is the the whole we're going to have a 500 page you know 10 year strategic plan you know went out went out the window a long time ago yeah I I literally I can't even remember the last physical strategic plan with multiple pages that I helped the client put together. Um, it's, it's all been kind of a two page strategic map, something quick that we can change on the fly. Uh, I think that's even necessary now in that 
uh, we're things are changing so quickly. And as you put it, there's so much ambiguity. It, there's there's no way to look out five years, maybe even five months right now. So you know, what does that do to, to innovation? Is that a good thing in that we, we just have to react on the fly? Or is there some type of planning, some type of core involved with innovation? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, one is, is to look at you know, scenarios and what if, and say, what are the challenges and what are different ways to do it? And maybe not go down too fast on picking one, mm -hmm. but keeping those options open, testing them, see what happened with the environment that is one way or the other. I mean, if we can all be back together in a big conference, if I'm a conference organizer, I don't mm -hmm. know if I can get everybody in my conference in six months or not, what do, how do I plan for that conference? So I have to have scenarios, I have to have options, I have to have different ideas. I can't stick to like one and it's not going to be a funnel and then thing will happen and we need to evaluate. Are we still working on the right challenge? Um, and maybe we are, maybe the challenge has changed. Are we still, the ideas are still the one we want to develop or do we need to change them? Uh, the idea might be a good idea, but the way we implement it has to change yeah. because there is constraint, because we can't travel, because this or that. Um, so the idea is, is to be more flexible and uh, more open. And the culture of innovation is really a place where people can embrace change. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's not easy. No, no, it, it isn't. Yeah, I think. You know, business and, and especially culture building in this environment isn't for the faint of heart. Uh, I think, I think too, a good way to look at it, and I never thought of it until you kind of sparked some thoughts in my mind just now, Helene, is that we use what I call a strategic map, which is basically goals and objectives on one side of the page and on the other page, you know, our foundation, our mission, our vision, our values. And I think that it's much like the analogy of, of being on a boat or being a captain of a ship in rough seas is that you don't know exactly what the weather is gonna do or what the waves are going to do to your ship, but there's still core, uh, there, there, there's, still, there's still core reasonings and elements there of a boat's going to do X or Y, it's the, the engine's gonna do this, if you've got a sailboat, the sails are gonna do X or Y. You know, so it's the foundational piece of what your business is, or in this case, who your culture is, is not going to change, but the way that we adapt to that you know, is. And I think that the adaptation comes from understanding what's at that foundation. Uh, didn't mean that to rhyme, but it rhymed anyway. Yeah, what, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's important to, uh, you know, to your point, I mean, you need a direction. So you need a mission yeah. statement. I use business model canvas a lot. So I would say, uh, you know, in a business model canvas, big element of the value composition. So those mm -hmm. might not change because those are fundamentals for your business. You might add something that you, because there's a new opportunity, but the way you do it is going to change differently. And your segment might change. Also, you might have new people that you attract and some people that say, you know what, if I can't go in 
goes into your restaurant, I'm done. Mm -hmm. You know, or something. So you might just uh, things might might be changing. So I think it's important to have a sense of a direction to your point because you both need to know where it's going. But it's also yeah. important to be like, well, we need to talk here a little bit, and you know, do a little. So that and that flexibility, I think, is really important. And that's where I think a design culture mentality in your mm -hmm. organization can help because if you don't know, you don't. The good thing is, the easy thing is actually, you don't have to worry too much because if you don't know, the users will know, will know yeah. what the experience is, if nothing else. They might not know how, to, they don't know the solution, but they know. And so that's always kind of you, you compass to see what is happening in their life. Where do they have need help? How can I make their experience better? How I can make my product better? And, uh, and that's really the, the core of it. And sure. then try things. Don't try to feel like I need to have it 100% with the big, to your point, the big deck with every numbers in a row before I can do anything. No, try it. No, I think that uh, using design thinking and prototyping is actually a way to save a lot of time and money. Uh, instead of taking yeah. two years to get something perfect, you get something very imperfect that you know is really imperfect and you test it really cheaply, really quickly, and get enough feedback that you can iterate and change it and make it better as you go along, rather than trying to get it perfect before anybody sees anything or experience yeah. anything. Yeah, it sounds like if, if you have design thinking ingrained in some level in your culture, you're going to be, you're going to, you just keep with the analogy, you're going to have a much better uh, um, probability of getting your ship where you want it to go because you have, you know, all your deck cans that are going to be a part of getting you to that location rather than just the captain saying, this is how we always did it. So we're going to go through this 40 foot wave. <laughs> and, you know, it made me think of um, something I haven't thought before, but instead of being internally focused, no, you focus also on, on, on the outside, right? every constituent. And that really helps you guide rather than feeling like, okay, the strategic, the three people in the executive strategic planning committee needs to have the thing for the next five years and everybody's follow, despite what's happening in the environment. So it's so much more open, you know, uh, and yes, you need guidance, but if suddenly the wind change, or the waves are bigger, or, you know, then we'll, we'll adapt to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we can read it because we know it's happening. So, you know, right. caught in like, oh my gosh, what happened around us? Because we haven't looked around us for three months or six months or 10 years. <laughs> well, when it comes to design thinking and the work that needs to be done in terms of either building or possibly in some cases uh, rebuilding a culture, uh, is, is there a number one tip as it relates to design thinking that business owners and executives really need to remember? I think for me, uh, came to mind is failure. Like you have to be okay with failing uh, because if you, because you will try new things. So mm -hmm. you put, the nice thing is you can put constraint around failing. So you want to fail early and quickly and fail to learn whether than failing big and just, no, yeah. the boat is, is stuck in the canal, like in the Suez canal, you know, you want to do those things. Um, so, 
and that is really a my experience with corporate is, is failing is, is hard. So if you go to your boss and say, I tried this thing, it didn't work. What, what are they going to say? Say, great, what did you learn? Or they say, uh, okay, better not happen again. Otherwise you demoted. That's a huge difference. And as a team, and if I open my mouth in the meeting and suggest something that is a silly idea, what happened? You know, are people like, oh, tell us more. We're curious at least, not for a little bit, or is it going to be shut yeah. down? Like never going to happen. And, and that's really the culture of creativity. Um, there's something that I, if when I teach, there is a principle that I teach uh, that I say, if you don't remember anything of what I said for the next two hours, if you remember that, you'll be ahead of the game. And it's called the dynamic balance of creativity. And the idea is that in a creative process, wherever you are at, uh -huh. uh, you have two things you can do. You can diverge and look at options and suspend judgment when you do this. And then you can converge, which is select and pick and have system and criteria and you know a way to do it. And both are part of the creative process, but they cannot happen at the same time. Uh -huh. Otherwise, it's like a car. If you're on the brake and the accelerator at the same time, your car's going nowhere. And so you have to have, uh, I call it in a way, the breadth of creativity. You have to have the inspire before you expire and, and all that, that movement. And so you need to give a chance to things to come up. New ideas, uh -huh. new tests, uh, new questions. And then you can select which one are relevant and which one are not but give that. And so that's a change in the culture where um, traditionally there is like only one answer, which is the right answer and everything else is mm -hmm. wrong. Um, and that, that's really the change. And it goes with failure because you're going to do things differently and sometimes it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, I feel I feel like I'm one of the students in your class because <laughs> um, I'm not I'm not only learning but a, a number of things that should be top of mind from from many years of college that hasn't been until talking to you. I think that the number one thing that that I'm taking from our conversation, which I think is is hugely valuable is that if you you're prototyping if you if you want to if you want to fail quickly and you can also fail cheaply you toss up the you toss something out there to your point of you know it's never it's never fun to go to your boss and say i tried this and it didn't work it's a much different conversation you say you know what we spent like you know 10 man hours and a thousand dollars and we found out it didn't work and then the boss can easily say, well, what do we learn from that? Because then, you know, might, we'll get something out of this thousand dollars in 10 hours. If you've had a thousand hours at a hundred thousand dollars and you failed, that's a little bit of a tougher conversation. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, last question I have for you, Helene, in this awesome conversation that we've just had is where can our audience find you? How can they best tap into your expertise out there? Sure. So I have a website, uh, which is www.strategicinsights.biz. And I assume you will put everything in the show notes as well. No, no, we, we, we like we like to we like to fail that way and not put any information in the show notes at all and just hope people listen. Okay, 
It just happens my accent. People don't know ways understand. So, but but yes, yes. Getting back in the serious mode for just a second because I don't like to stay there. Yes, we will definitely have that website and all that information in the show notes. So, um, so you can check my website. Uh, I have a blog and a newsletter. So, and I don't like to have newsletter in my inbox every day. So I don't do that to other people. I usually write an article like once a month and just try to get to the essence of something that you might want to learn. So my last article was about biomimicry. So how you can get inspired by nature to find solutions. Mm. So interesting. Um, you can definitely uh, subscribe. And then I have a special offer for uh, this. Please. Your listeners, which is I uh, came up with a little uh, Questions. I like to always start with question, and I have nine mm -hmm. questions to spot you thinking about innovation in your organization. And so you can download those questions, have a look, try to uh, answer those questions, and then you can uh, schedule a 30 minute consultation and we can discuss those and see of if and how I can be of help. Uh, I'm passionate about innovation. I love those conversations. So I would love for people to take me on my offer. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I loved our conversation. So to my audience out there, don't miss this chance to have a conversation with Helene. You're going to learn a ton. Um, I certainly did in our time together. Helene, thank you so much for being on the show. You're very welcome. I love your question. I love the tough one and, uh, and I love <laughs> the dialogue. And I think we just, we suck. What we do is so complimentary. It was lovely. <laughs> I think it was lovely as well. Thank you so much again. And thank you to all of you that have just joined us for Cool Culture Corner. And we'll be back with you next week with another great guest. And in the meantime, make sure that you have a Cool Culture Corner at your unique business. Now a word from our sponsor, Bader Training and Consulting. Do you have a specific brand, culture, or strategy problem in your business? Maybe you know something's wrong, but you don't necessarily know exactly what the problem is. Well, BTC offers periodically 15-minute free strategy sessions. They're completely complimentary. We give you a tip that you can implement in your business that's going to help your brand, culture, or strategy in that 15-minute call. And it's not a 15-minute sales call. It is a deep dive into a specific issue that you may be having at your unique business. To schedule a 15-minute strategy session, go to www.btcinc.net and go to the Contact Us page. Simply put in your information, and in the comments, all you need to do is put strategy session and we will contact you about scheduling your unique 15-minute strategy session to help your unique business.